So the physical trade's fairly robust. If you're a dealer out there, I've heard several dealers tell me they had the worst month ever in terms of sales last month, physical, because I think people during the summer were selling that for other things. That being said, there's still a very robust physical market going on. So even though- Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Everybody, this is Rob Kingston with GoldSilverPros.com bringing you this week's weekly market wrap-up. It is July 14th, 2023. We're recording this a bit later in the afternoon. We normally do at about 3 p.m. Central Time. So keep that into account when we get into any discussion of prices or what's going on in the markets. I'm going to start off by telling you what happened in the economic uh, front. We're going to start with macro this week. Uh, not a lot actually going on. The biggest news is core CPI was down to 3% year over year for the last month. So that would be June's data, June to June last year to this year. 3% is definitely down from almost double digits we saw uh late last year and you know the high inflation we've had so far this year and i've said that this was going to happen because we're getting to the deflationary part of the inflation deflation cycle we'll have another big inflationary wave here coming probably sometime towards the end of this year or early next year it does take a while to move between those cycles but definitely we're we are about where we thought we are i do not think inflation is permanently down just because we have some deflating areas of the economy because I think that uh, the supply chain and I think that all the money sloshing around the system, which is being de-dollarized and it's going to get dumped back to the U.S., is going to lead to another round of inflation. However, those that takes time in markets and the world is still running on a lot of dollars. So a lot of those dollars are still out in the world and haven't come back home in the U.S. to roost. So inflation may be a little bit muted for a while. Not a whole lot of other data. Initial jobless claims came in at 237,000. It's about 13,000 less than expected, which is bullish for the labor market, consumers reduced their credit card spend down to 7.2 billion. Last month, it was 20.3. And I think earlier this year and late last year, we were seeing numbers in the 30s approaching 40. So consumers definitely aren't living as much on the credit card this month, which is actually very positive considering we're in the summer months. On to the markets. Dow closes 100 points higher Friday on solid earnings. Red registers best week since March. So overall, the stock markets have done pretty well. You know, it's in the summertime. It's a light time of year for all the financial markets. So I don't read too much into things when they either go up or down during the summer, but it's nice to see a little bit of a bounce in the American markets. Uh, if we look over to cryptocurrency, we'll have a big story in XRP we talk about here in a moment. Bitcoin is trading down at 30,070.86. It's actually down $1,500 today. So whatever caused the Dow to go higher caused Bitcoin to go lower. Given the XRP news, I'm surprised about Bitcoin because it would seem to be positive for Bitcoin, but we'll get into that in a moment. Ethereum is also down 83 bucks to 1912.69. Litecoin is down 957 to 93.24. On the bond side of the market, we, we're still seeing uh, we're still seeing uh, yield curve inversion between the two and the ten year. It just means we're pretty much guaranteed to have a recession within the next six to twelve months. Could be 18, but more than likely in the next six to twelve months. If this indicator is as strong as it's always been in predicting recessions, overall, the bond complex, everything uh, shorter than a two years above 5%, uh, the one year is at 5.332, the one month is at 5.311, they're all in that 5.3 to 5.5 range. And so those remain elevated, which just means the cost of borrowing for the government is high. Overall, the markets are kind of not doing a whole lot this week, to be honest. Gold's price right now we're trading at 1954.77. We had a little bit of a nice rise in the last week in gold, and gold and silver have both recovered uh, to their June prices. So we had a little bit of a fade in gold and silver from mid June to mid July, but now we're back up at where we were mid June, and that's good because the first part of summer is typically the hardest. Now we're not out of the woods yet, 
for gold and silver. There still could be a price fade. The, the lowest downward target I would put on gold for the summer would be about 1750 and silver, maybe about uh, 18 to 19 bucks, maybe in that range based on the charting. Uh, so there may be, you know, different options for where uh, that price will eventually go. So overall pricing, not too bad on gold silver. We've stayed up and that's been definitely a big positive. We're going to present to you the uh, CME gold and silver from their website, because this is basically where we get all the trading in the U.S. We've had a big argument. We, we have arguments like this from time to time, myself and my friends and other people in the market about what is spot price. I just look at the prices trade on Comex because that's the American market. Some people insist it's the OTC prices or the London fixes, you know, over there across the pond. But honestly, uh, we see differences in prices between the American side and the London side. That's why you have EFP. So I argue all the time, what is spot? I think there's more than one spot. And if you look at the Shanghai market, it's typically $40 plus on gold, you know, per contract, I guess, per ounce per contract on that price. So every market has a little bit of a different price. So I'm just going to look at these markets and whether or not you, you know, we believe that's a spot price or not. I think it really matters at the end of the day, unless you're trading, you're actually trading futures contracts and a, and a penny makes a difference on a contract. But for the average person, this is close enough. And I would argue that this is closer to spot price in the US anyway, because look at the EFP numbers. Again, on gold, 5,080 contracts for August, rolling from COMEX to London. Uh, they're hunting price differences or they're hunting physical. In each case, it shows you that the London spot price doesn't really apply as much to the U.S. Because if it did, we wouldn't have this trade right here now, would we? Um, overall, deliveries 52. July didn't have a lot of contracts to begin with. So near-term deliveries, not high. People looking for gold are going to go through the EP mechanism to London, whether it be price exposure, or actual physical contract. And we don't know what's going to happen because London is almost a completely opaque market and good luck figuring that one out. And you certainly can't from this data. We see also that contracts are beginning to roll off of August, 23,449 as of yesterday's data and Thursday. And most of those are rolling to December. So we're starting to see rotation in December as the last big trading month for gold for 2023. Silver will do the same, although silver may have some more contracts uh, later in the year as we get there as well. There's a sizable and I guess a healthy amount of interest for the October gold contract, but that's not going to drive prices for the end of the year. We're lining up to after August, December is going to drive everything. And from a delivery and a pricing perspective, that's a long time to go between August and December. So I expect December to be a pretty frothy month in terms of both deliveries and also price determination for the gold and the silver market. Moving over to settlements, you can see how the price trades. I just go over this so you can see August was the dominant contract. Now it's moving into December, but we're up 60 cents so far today as of 1.32 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Friday's data here on COMEX on the trading. So we're up a little bit on the day to about 1974 or 1964, sorry, on the August contract, which is one where the price is currently being determined. That's gold. Let's go over to silver. We're going to do these real quick because there's not a whole lot going on. So we'll just do it. Decent volume in silver means there's some interest. And I went over on our channel on Gold Silver Pros last night, how gold and silver are a little bit different on the COT report. That was as of the July 3rd data. I actually have the July 11th data for today. So I'm going to go over July 11th data and tell you the differences in what we saw the previous two weeks in gold and silver on the trading markets and what we see, you know, the previous week that we'll have that data. So going over silver, obviously the dominant contract month right now is September. It's got 118,000 open interest contracts right now open uh, on COMEX. And then eventually people will roll over December because December is big for both gold and silver, but they're going to trade September 1st, whereas gold's trading August. 
So I think you're going to see some additional interest in September for deliveries. Right now, we only had 126 deliveries on July contract because there's not a lot of open contracts. It's not a big trading month for silver this time around. Uh, 2,873 contracts of 5,000 ounce silver went over to London. So people are price hunting or price difference hunting or arbitrage hunting to London for silver. Also, once again, pointing out that London doesn't determine spot prices here in the US. Um, I'm going to argue with anybody on that. Going over to the settlement data, uh, you look at August closes up, closing up 24 uh, cents on the day, but the biggest contract month, 24.5 cents for September, which is now going to be the dominant one for silver. So now, you know, going over to CFTC report, we have this very fun table. Don't be uh, swayed by the table or intimidated by the table. At the end of the day, I'll highlight what uh, we're looking at. So this is silver. So this is just a dump and tabular format. Uh, of all of the different metals trading on the exchange. We're highlighted here silver. So you get the header for silver through July 11th, as you can see, and here are the summary numbers. What I like to do is see what each of the players is doing. If you watch this show every week, you know exactly what I'm gonna tell you here in terms of who these are, but I'm just gonna repeat in case you're new because we are getting a lot of new interest. Producer merchants are the ones that produce and or use it. So this is more legitimate hedging, both to the long and short side, worrying about whether prices are gonna go up or down. If you're a merchant and prices go up, it costs you more. So you want to hedge, uh, hedge that by taking a long contract. So that if it does go up, you get that money in your contract and it acts as insurance to the actual loss of money you're going to take by buying more expensive metal into your process later on. So you take a long on the COMEX to, if the price goes up, you get that money, that gain on the long contract, which offsets the loss you had on the actual physical metal that you have to pay more for, if that makes sense. For producers, it's the opposite. They're shorting the metal because if the price goes down, that hurts them because they're producing and they need the price to be up to make the most profit. So they'll actually take a short position. So if the price actually moves down, they get money from that position to offset their loss in the real physical market. The rest of this is almost purely speculation. The bullion dealers called the swap dealers or the bullion banks, if you will, they do do business for some producers and merchants and other legitimate hedging. But to be honest with you, if you add up all these positions here, it's enough to cover most of the producer merchants. So most of what's in the swap dealers is not legitimate physical hedging. And you can see the way they move their positions around. There's no way it'd be physical hedging because it literally changes a lot week to week. And if you are actually a producer merchant changing your position there week to week, you'd be canceling out your insurance and paying a lot of money for that insurance. So I know the swap dealers are mostly trading speculatively. Plus we know based upon how much the producer merchants have to hedge. All of this trade here for the rest of these guys is not has nothing to do with hedging earlier, very little. So in any case, you can see that the swap dealers went a bit more short this week. They have reduced a lot of the shorts and almost gone net even between their long and short position through July 3rd. Now through July 11th, they've kind of ramped up their shorts just a tad bit, but not enough to write home about. So I'm not too concerned about it. The managed money did the same. They went short 2,971 contracts of silver and dropped 1,300 longs. So they went about 42, 4,300 contracts to the short side net net from their previous position. Because what you do is you add these two together and uh, the difference is the move in position from the previous week. It's like a rolling number. The other reportables, which are like wealthy family offices and wealthy individuals and those types, which aren't trading houses and aren't bullion banks and aren't producers kind of all fit into here. It's sort of the moneyed interest outside of the managed money, outside of the Wall Street side. This is more wealthy individuals, family offices, independent wealthy, things like that. They went decidedly long in silver to the tune of 6,199 contracts. That's a third of their total long position. So the wealthy individuals are betting big on silver. What do they know? I don't know. Moving down to gold, here is gold right here. We'll highlight that for you. This is the area that we're going to be looking at. Producer merchants had a little bit more net short. They're expecting a little bit of fade. 
in gold over the summer. This is normal for the producer merchants to fade the price and go short on something during the summer on gold or silver. So it makes total sense. It doesn't alarm me at all. And we'll have to see whether that continues. You're almost always going to see more shorts in both gold and silver from producer merchants because most of it's producers hedging their downside risk. Some of this would be merchants hedging their upside price risk because they use uh, the metal as an input and they want the lowest prices possible. Swap dealers are the bullion banks. They've not done much. I mean, this is basically a 1300 contract move over uh, 350,000 contracts on the market. Don't even care. Doesn't really symbolize anything. Managed money here. Net net went about 700 contracts short. So they took some longs and shorts. Net net about 700 short. Not a terrible amount to write home about when you're sitting at 160,000 contracts. We're not too worried about that one either. The other reportables went big on gold as well. They went big on silver, 6,199 contracts, and now they're going big on gold. So the money interests in society are looking at the gold and silver and the fact that it hasn't faded too much so far this summer and they're going long. So the wealthy individuals are going long. That is going to do it for the metal markets report. I'm not going to report on London stocks and I'm not going to report on Shanghai stocks because there's not any new data there to report, but we'll do that at least once a month. We'll report on uh, stock, worldwide stocks you know, in the ETFs and in COMEX uh, just so you guys have an idea, but that data doesn't change as much week to week. So we're not going to do that every week, but just suffice it to say, there's been a lot of silver coming off the market, some coming on, but more coming off. Uh, and there's been a little bit more gold coming on, but I think that trend is going to reverse. So the physical trade is fairly robust. If you're a dealer out there, I've heard several dealers tell me they had the worst month ever in terms of sales last month, physical, because I think people during the summer were selling that for other things. That being said, there's still a very robust physical market going on. So even though it slowed down a little bit, there were a lot of physical sales that just slowed down. And that's normal and physical during the summer months because people are trading that in to pay bills or to go on vacations or whatever the case may be. And it's not really abnormal for that to happen, but we'd like to see the physical trade increase as we approach uh, getting towards the end of the year. And I think it will. Big story of the day, two big stories. One is going to be XRP, which was determined by a judge not to be a security. It didn't pass all the requirements of the Howey test to become a security. So XRP is no longer a security. There are certain cases in which if XRP is offered in a certain way, it could be considered a security. But most of the current use cases are that it's not. So XRP looks like it may be freed from uh, legal hell here for a little bit. And maybe, uh, you know, it's gone up in price on expectation that XRP takes a much bigger place in the cryptocurrency market. I've said before, and this still may be the case, I'm not 100% sure, XRP more than likely is going to be part of the rail system for the global CDBC trade, the central bank digital currencies. We'll have to see if what I, what I thought that that XRP could be used for in the past, it's used for, or if something else is used for it. And if it is, we'll get into that more when we get there. Second biggest story is a big one. It's more economic. Uh, right here from Zero Hedge, Biden admin forgives $39 billion in student debt for over 800,000 borrowers. Uh, as suspected, following the Supreme Court's recent ruling to block the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness proposal, the administration has created their own loophole to do it anyway. On Friday, the administration announced a forgiveness of $39 billion in student debt for 804,000 borrowers. The new program is thanks to the new regulatory rulemaking process by the Department of Education which tweaked the student loan program income-driven repayment plan, CNBC reports. So in other words, it was a uh, an unelected bureaucracy in the Department of Education that's allowing this to happen. Now, whether that's good or bad, you know, given the state of the economy, forgiving these loans, probably not great for the government, probably helping out the borrowers quite a bit. We'll have to see what the net effect is. Uh, it's just 39 billion. It's not going to break the bank, but administrations are wanting to forgive a lot of debt and that could end up crashing 
the administration's balance sheet because a lot of this is owed to various government agencies. We'll have to see, you know, whether these types of programs, these forgiveness programs are expanded. I know a lot of people are going to be excited about them as an individual level, but you may not be excited about it from a macroeconomic level or a solvency of the U.S. government level. So I think there's two ways to look at this uh, from the article. Under those repayment plans, borrowers get any remaining debt canceled by the government after they have made repayment for 20 years or 25 years, depending on when they borrowed and their loan and plan type. In the past, payments that should have moved a borrower closer to being debt free were not accounted for, according to the Biden administration. For far too long, borrowers fell through the cracks of a broken system that failed to keep accurate track of their progress towards forgiveness, said U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona. Eligible borrowers will be notified in coming days by the education department. The, the tweaks which created the loophole include counting payments for borrowers who had paused their payments and various deferments and forbearances, as well as those who had made partial or late payments. So basically they're lying to, to get through the loophole, to get this done at the end of the day. It doesn't bother me too much at 39 billion, but if you continue doing this, then you're, you could be affecting the solvency of the U S government. Of course, the, the solvency of the U S government's in question anyway, given the amount of debt in the system, so that's neither here nor there, but it's definitely something to look forward to, to see if some of these debt forgiveness programs expand and put additional pressure, you know, on the treasury and on uh, the U S government's finances as well. Not that we need that going right now. So a quick, sum less going on this summer, a couple of big stories with XRP and student loans. Uh, we've had good news regarding the CPI, although I think that that's a sort of false a narrative, if you will, when you look at the larger inflation deflation cycle, which we talked about uh, in our writings and on our channel. So you can go there if you you want more on that subject. And overall, a little bit of a slow month, though gold and silver are holding up. And the trade uh, on the markets indicates there's not a big short right now for gold and silver. I don't see those prices crashing immediately, but that can change. The traders are very fickle. They feel like they can make money by shorting the metals. They're going to do it. And they're not going to care what it has to do with the physical trade because they don't on the futures market. And that will affect your spot price. But if it does, count your lucky stars because you just got gold and silver cheaper. Everything else is pretending much higher gold and silver prices in the fall when we get back to normal financial markets after the summer. That's going to do it for this weekly market wrap up. You guys have a blessed weekend. Stay tuned to these channels because they have more content coming. And I think that you're going to love it. Until next time, this is Rob Keats with GoldSilverPros.com. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember, $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.